Mean Old Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well researched, and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls, with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls Podcast with me, Dr. Nicole Pliny. If you're new here, I'm an OBGYN, but also a maternal fetal medicine physician, which means that I take care of people who either have issues during pregnancy, have a hard time getting pregnant, or are at risk for having issues with their pregnancies. And through this podcast, consider me like your best friend, okay? I don't say things to scare you. No, that's not my MO. But I am going to be 100% honest with you with my real opinion with some literature to back it up. So I say this the realest way I know how. Getting pregnant is hard as hell. Yes, you might see people at your job or even in church slip up and accidentally get pregnant, but it's actually harder than you think it is. So if you've been trying to get pregnant for a little bit and haven't been successful, trust me, you are definitely not alone. So we're going to talk about that today on the podcast because I've had quite a few of you guys ask me all kinds of things about, hey, can I do this to get pregnant? Do I need to lay on my back with my legs up and get pregnant? Like, what do I need to do to get pregnant? So we're going to talk about it today. Now, let's start with the basics. Now, this should be without being said, but... You cannot get pregnant without having sexual intercourse. There's only one historical example, and that's the Virgin Mary, and we are not her. So you got to have sex to get pregnant. But when should you have sex? And let me let me go back and say, you have to have sex to get pregnant on your own, naturally. Obviously, there are things like IVF and surrogate pregnancies and things like that, yes, Um, Those are still real pregnancies. But if you're talking about you naturally conceiving, you have to have sexual intercourse. When is the best time to have sex? You should have sex when you're ovulating or when the egg is released from the ovary, which happens every month in a woman's childbearing age. Now, on average, a woman has a 28-day cycle occurring on days 10 to 14 of the cycle with their menstrual period, 10 to 14 days into the cycle, okay? And if your cycle is longer, okay, then you might ovulate later. So for example, I know my cycle is a 25-day cycle. I ovulate between days 8 and 10. How do I know it? Because I track it, right? I track it. And if you don't get pregnant on those days of ovulation, then guess what happens? You have a cycle, okay? You have a cycle and you share that. So you can only get pregnant on the days of ovulation or what's called that fertility window. And that means you have to have sex during the actual fertile window, meaning you have a surge of hormone called an LH surge or luteinizing hormone surge. Then that causes you to ovulate about 12 hours after that surge happens. Then, you know, that egg is going to just stay, you know, floating around for a day or two. And if it moves down the fallopian tube and doesn't get fertilized in the fallopian tube, then it keeps on moving and you have a menstrual cycle. 
but it's like waiting in heat. Okay. The, the follicles waiting in heat for the sperm to swim to it, rescue it and fertilize it. Now that means that the sperm only has a couple of days to get there. So you can have sex right before that egg is released and still have the egg fertilized, or you can have sex right after the egg is released and still get that egg fertilized. But if you have sex, you know, three, four days down the line after that egg is released, then guess what? It, you can't get pregnant that way. So, so you have to be in that fertility window. Once you ovulate, like I said, that egg moves down the fallopian tube. Fertilization actually happens in the fallopian tube, not in the uterus. Okay. Now it takes roughly after that egg gets into the fallopian tube, it takes roughly five to seven days for it to then move down the tube and implant into the uterus. That's pretty much six to 12 days after you actually ovulate. Okay. So some people have a little bit of spotting whenever they um, have implantation spotting. So you can see that if the egg implants 12 days after ovulation, some people might think that little implantation spotting is like a, a, a little light period. Okay. Go back, listen to the episode on implantation spotting. I think that's from either season one or two, but you can have a little bit of bleeding, but you can see how this is like before you even know that you're pregnant. 12 days after ovulation. Okay. This is around the time you would, a little bit later than when you would have a missed period. So you just think, oh, my period's a little bit late. No, it's not. You have an implantation spotting. So some people have first trimester bleeding. They're like, oh, I was six weeks and I had some, some bleeding. That's not implantation spotting. That's too late for implantation spotting. Implantation spotting is in that two weeks after you ovulate, okay, when the egg is just implanting into the wall of the uterus. Now, like I said, again, if the egg is not fertilized, then you have your cycle, your period ensues, and you shed the lining of the egg. So the rest of the month, you can have sex all you want and you will not get pregnant, okay? You've got to have intercourse during those three days that overlap the ovulation um, period or what's called the fertility window. This is why it's very important to keep up with your cycles if you're trying to get pregnant. And even if you're not trying to get pregnant, if you're trying to avoid getting pregnant and you're using a, a family planning method, meaning you're not using birth control, then you need to know when you ovulate as well. Because obviously outside of that, you know, three to five day window, you can have sex the rest of the month and not get pregnant. So whether you are trying to get pregnant or whether you are using natural family planning methods to avoid getting pregnant, you should be keeping up with your, um, your cycles. And you can use, there are several apps out there to help you keep up with that. I feel like I need to develop an app to help y'all keep up with it because y'all are not keeping up with your cycles like you should be. So we should all keep up with our cycles like we should be. Now, if everyone's menstrual cycle could follow the book, then we'd all be in a good place, right? Nobody would have to keep up with their cycles by doing using these, you know, period calendars and these apps and things like that. But let's face it, everybody's body is different. That's how we all uniquely made. Women are born with all the eggs they will ever have. And we don't know what women have more eggs versus less eggs. We don't know who's going to get more or less, okay? Everyone's body is different. The thing about it is you can't make more. So every month you lose an egg and that means the overall count goes down by one. Men, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how you look at it, 
make millions of sperm. Okay. They make millions of sperm and they're constantly making sperm. And I'm just a messenger. I know it's not fair, but that's why men have no problem, can have no problems getting pregnant well into their 50s, 60s, or even 70s, getting much younger women pregnant. Some women may have premature ovarian failure and go into menopause early. Now, we cannot predict who will go into menopause sometimes earlier and who won't. The average age of menopause is around age 52. Some women still have a cycle even after that. Okay, some women are still fertile. Some women have stopped having cycles at age 40. Everyone is a little bit different. But because we can't predict how many eggs you have and when you're going to menopause, once you hit 35, when your egg number, this is when your egg number and the quality of the eggs that you have significantly decrease, we would recommend just going ahead and being referred to a reproductive endocrinologist, which is an infertility specialist to look at ways to increase your odds of getting pregnant because your ovarian reserve can dramatically decrease at age 40 and it starts to gradually decrease um, at age 35, as early as age 35. So after 35, if you've been trying for six months or more, then your OBGYN should send you to a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist. If you're younger than age 35, then your OBGYN may wait a whole year before they refer you to a reproductive endocrinologist or infertility specialist, because it's not really infertility until you have been trying over a year if you're under 35. Because getting pregnant is just super hard, right? Here are some ways you can increase your chances of getting pregnant. Simple things you can do. This is not going to be expensive. It's not anything that you have to, you know, take some time to think about. But these little reminders are things that can significantly help the odds of you getting pregnant. The first thing is track your cycles with a period tracker. I don't know how many times I have to say that. Know when your last menstrual period is. There are people that come in for preconception consultations. And I say, when's your last menstrual period? I don't know. I say, have you been having sex? Yes, I've been having sex every other day. Okay, have you done a pregnancy test? Well, no, I just assume I wasn't pregnant. And lo and behold, they may be pregnant, right? And then the questions come. Oh my goodness, what medicines did I take? I shouldn't have taken this. I shouldn't have taken that. Did I drink alcohol? You know, we need to be safe about this. If you're trying to be pregnant, track your period so you know when you are a day or two late. Number two, have sex every day, every other day, as soon as your cycle ends. Okay, because ovulation can change. Stress can change ovulation. Um, If you're exercising, that can change your ovulation pattern. If you're losing a lot of weight, they can change your ovulation pattern. Or if you've gained a lot of weight, that can change your ovulation pattern. So you really don't know exactly which day you're ovulating unless you're doing an ovulation um, predictor kit. Um, You're not going to really know exactly when. Um, So you want to use a period tracker um, to to know these things um, so that you can know when when it is and sort of guess. But... Sometimes guessing isn't good enough. So you want to have sex every other day in that window, in that fertility window. So that week after your cycle ends, you're looking on your little app and you're going to say, ah, I'm going to have sex every other day. Now, for a lot of people, this can provoke anxiety. For a lot of men, this can provoke performance anxiety. And so what I would recommend is talking to your spouse about their desires to have a child 
but you may not want to tell them, hey, we need to have sex in 10 minutes because I'm ovulating. You know, just know that, hey, this week you're going to have to come to bed with lingerie on as opposed to, get, you know, putting him on the clock when, when you have your, you know, movable on and your bonnet, okay? But everybody's different. You have to know who you are dating or who you're married to to know how they will perform under that type of pressure. Because for a lot of people, you know, women and men, it is anxiety provoking to think, oh, I have to have sex right now. And this is our only chance to get pregnant this month. We have this one more day that we are in our fertility window because we've been using our ovulation predictor kit. And so we got to have sex right now. For a lot of people, that is anxiety provoking. And so if you've done that tactic and there's not been, you know, you were not able to have sex, you may want to back off of that. Okay. And you may want to just go about things, you know, naturally, like when you're in the mood, then have sex instead of putting so much pressure um, pressure on the, the setting and the timing of everything. But having sex every other day after your cycle ends is the best way to make sure that you are having sex at the right time. Next, we all need lubrication, okay? If you're um, in my 40s club and, and you are don't use lubrication, that may be some issues that you may have which are may keeping an erection or you having an orgasm during sex, which is very important to increasing your chances of getting pregnant, right? Because um, that is going to allow more sperm to enter the uterus. If you are someone that needs aid of lubrication, and I would argue that even if you are someone that has a lot of moisture, you still need lube. Why? Because as you age, your vagina may not be as moist and as you age, you may not be able to stay lubricated the whole time naturally, especially with the pressure of trying to get pregnant. Use lube, okay? Everyone needs to use lubrication. It makes sex a lot better. Please use lubricant. But the key to lubrication is don't use the one with the spermicide in it, right? There are lubes that have spermicides in them. You do not want to try to get pregnant with lube that has spermicide in it. That will not get you pregnant. That is going to prevent you from getting pregnant. So make sure when you're going to buy that KY jelly, flip over the back and just make sure it doesn't have spermicide in it. And you says with spermicide. All these lubes should be pretty, you know, pretty natural lubrication. Honeypot actually has a really good lube. I'm not getting paid by Honeypot, but it does have a really good lubrication, uh, lubricant. So that one you may want to check out. doesn't have spermicide in it. And, you know, KY does have a lot of different brands now, or not brands, not a lot of different types of lubricants, some with spermicide, some without. But if you're trying to get pregnant, go home and check the dresser and just make sure that none of those lubricants have spermicide in them. You do not want to be doing all this pressuring, have sex, and then kill the sperm. <laughs> Um, so make sure it doesn't have spermicide in it. If you are like, I don't have lube, but I'm ovulating right now while I'm listening to the podcast, get you some olive oil, girl. Olive oil is a great natural lubricant that is going to make sure you stay lubricated the whole time. Some people say, oh, Vaseline. I've heard of Vaseline, but Vaseline is not going to ha have the same. It's not going to stay lubricated, uh, keep the vagina lubricated the whole time. Um, 
the whole time. There's still a tendency that that may dry out. But when you do your olive oil, that is actually a decent lubricant. But obviously, there's a ton of them you can buy. Just make sure you don't have spermicide in the lubricant. And people are like, what about vegetable oil? Nobody said anything about vegetable oil. We're not frying chicken here. You don't use vegetable oil, okay? By now, if you listen to the podcast, you're probably over 35, right? You should have olive oil at least in the cabinet. And I would say you should have lubricant, but I've had friends that I've talked to about lube, right? As we've aged and, you know, what happens to our sex lives. And like, lo and behold, they're like, I've never had to use lube. I'm like, girl, it'll change your, it'll change your life. Go ahead and try it. Then they try the lubricant. And they're like, why was I not doing this before? Like, it's amazing, right? But um, if you don't have some, you know, pick some up at your local Walgreens. Thank me later. All right. The next tip, avoid alcohol, avoid caffeine intake, avoid smoking. All these things are associated with decreased fertility. So Hey, we got to be good. Drink more water. Okay. Stay hydrated. But all these things, all these other things can dehydrate you. So we want to make sure that we um, use them sparingly. Okay. I'm not telling you never to drink because having a glass of wine may make you, you and your spouse feel more relaxed so that you can perform, but don't get drunk. Don't overindulge in these things. So if you work out a lot, try not to overdo it. Okay. Strenuous, sustained exercise for more than five hours a week has been associated with decreased ovulation. Likewise, if you are extremely obese, okay, no knock to, to um, people that are BBW, no knock, okay, but the more adipose tissue you have, the more estrogen you have. So you have conversion of estrogen in the adipose tissue. Estrogen um, is going to trigger one of the hormones that's associated with your luteinizing hormones, going to trigger FSH, okay, follicle stimulating hormone. And if you have a lot of estrogen, it's going to stimulate, it's going to go to the follicle stimulating hormone and say, hey, stop making me, okay, stop, slow down, because the FSH is stimulating production of estrogen. Estrogen levels determine how much FSH is being released. So if you have a lot of estrogen circulating around, it's going to go send a signal to your follicle stimulating hormone, which is FSH, to say, Hey, stop, stop producing, stop producing. We have enough in the tissue already. And then what happens? You don't get your LH surge. Okay. You don't ovulate. You don't get your luteinizing hormone surge. Okay. You have to have that FSH surge. It happens right before the LH surge. So you don't get that surge. So that means that you can't get pregnant without the surge. Some people say, I have cycles. I'm still having cycles. If your cycles have more than 35 days between them, you probably are having what's called anovulatory bleeding. Meaning you're having menstrual cycles. And you are not, you're not ovulating. So you want to make sure that your cycles are less than 35 days with, you know, specifically, they need to be somewhere around, you know, 21 to 32 days to make sure that you are ovulating. If you have cycles that are over 35 days, you're probably not ovulating. And you need to talk to your OBGYN about getting your cycles regulated before you try to um, get pregnant. Because otherwise, you're going to be wasting a lot of time. Those are my tips right now. So we're going to go to some questions about ways to increase your chance of pregnancy. So medical intern, let's go to our cases and questions. Our first case is a 32-year-old woman who has been trying to conceive now for seven months. Her husband has been working as a travel consultant, so they are only able to have intercourse on the weekends. 
but they have had intercourse every weekend over the last six months when she's not on her cycle. She has a history of thyroid disease for which she's taking Synthroid. She was referred for preconception counseling. This is, you know, let's, let's go break down the case. So this patient is 32 years old. I don't know if she's ever been pregnant again because it doesn't tell me. She's trying to conceive for seven months. So right now she's less than 35. Con- trying to conceive for seven months is still not considered infertility, right? Because under 35, remember what I said, you have to be trying to conceive for at least a year for you to be considered to have issues with fertility. So for her right now off the top, she doesn't have issues with um with fertility. But let's say she has been trying to conceive a year and seven months doing the same exact thing. Would she have issues with infertility? No, she wouldn't. And let me tell you why. She's been having sex on the weekends for seven months, right? And she would have been having sex on the weekend for a year and seven months. Well, on the weekends may not be when you're ovulating, right? Weekend sex is convenient because it's like, oh, he can go do his work. I can do my work and I have to be bothered. We're going to have time on the weekend to do it. But what if you ovulate it on Monday? You only have that window, remember? that If you ovulate on Monday, if you had sex on that Sunday, you may be able to get pregnant. But you need to have sex on Monday and Tuesday too, right? So you have to have sex during the window. And if you, have, if you ovulate on a Wednesday, then you never in the window of when you need to have sex, ever, Okay, so so the weekend sex is not going to work. Okay, there's there's going to have to be some intentionality there with making sure that these travel consultant assignments. Hey, next month, when are you? Where are you going to be? Maybe I should be traveling with you if you have the leisure of doing that, or maybe let me look at my window and see if it falls on the wind on the weekend this month. Maybe during that week, you can take that week off of travel consultant, right? Can you fly back home on Tuesday because I ovulate on Wednesday so that we can have sex on Tuesday and Wednesday when you fly back? We're going to have to really be creative here. So I don't think there's anything wrong. And some people do get pregnant just off weekend sex because eventually one of these months that should be in your window, right? But unless you've been trying and you've been trying to conceive during the time of your fertility window for a year, it's not going to be considered to be an infertility issue. It's just not because the timing is just off. We got to make sure the timing is right before we think that this is a real issue. The other thing about this case is we need to also make sure that there's nothing else stopping her from ovulating. We don't really know too much about her cycles. She just says she's having sex on the weekends when she's not on her cycles. But how often is she having cycles? How many days are between the cycles? How long do her cycles last? We need to know that. How heavy is the flow? We need to know that to make sure that she's even having normal cycles and ovulating during the appropriate times. The fact that she's on Synthroid tells me she has thyroid disease. I don't know if that Synthroid is controlling her thyroid or not. So I want to make sure that we check the thyroid levels. If your thyroid, because the thyroid stimulating hormone is going to act very similar to some other hormones, okay? We need to make sure that we have very controlled hormonal levels so that your body is not telling your body, hey, we don't need this surge. We don't need, you know, these other hormones because this other hormone is taking over and we're out of control. So we got to have all the hormones controlled to make sure 
we are ovulating normally every month. So we want to make sure that the thyroid isn't causing her to have an issue with ovulation either. So I want to check her thyroid level and her TSH, which is a thyroid stimulating hormone to make sure that those are normal. And if it is, then I would want to work on timing. This person does not need to go to a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist at this point. Okay. Because like I said, we got to work on timing and an REI doctor is going to tell you the same thing with the exception of, let's say you have a husband that's deployed. Okay. Or a husband that only comes back home quarterly and you guys really want to get pregnant. And when he comes back home quarterly, you, you can only have sex when he's back home. And that may not be in your window. You, that might be somebody that you would need to talk to a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist to talk about intrauterine insemination, meaning your husband giving a sperm sample and you getting pregnant via IUI or intrauterine insemination during your fertility window so that we increase our chances significantly of getting pregnant. That would be the only reason I would say, hey, you can't work on your timing. Then maybe you're a candidate for IUI. And if IUI doesn't work, then they will talk to you about other options like in vitro fertilization or IVF. The case pearl for this case is you have to have intercourse during the days of ovulation to actually get pregnant. All right, medical intern, what's our next case? This one is a question and it says, I'm 26 years old and have no medical problems. My husband is 30 and also has no medical issues. We've been trying to get pregnant for three months now without success. How long does it usually take for couples to get pregnant? I know that once people make the decision to get pregnant, like I say, pregnancy is, is y'all is hard. Okay. It is not a snap your fingers, get pregnant type of deal. So you're 26. You got plenty of time. Your husband's 30. He's nowhere near advanced paternal age. He has until 45 before he has to worry about advanced paternal age which still doesn't have as many risk or issues as someone that's 35. So, but either way, y'all both still have a lot of time to get pregnant and you've only been trying for three months. So that's not an unusual thing that after three months, you're still not pregnant. So I would tell you to take your time and that most people, 80% of people within six months get pregnant. You've only been trying for three months. So Let's, you know, have fun with this. At this point, you shouldn't even be, you know, really, you know, pressured about this. You should be tracking your cycles, yes, to make sure that, you know, when you ovulate, but it should be fun right now. I mean, three months is not a lot of time. Know that most people get pregnant within six months and 92% of people get pregnant within the year. And so that's why they say, oh, if you haven't been pregnant by the year, and you're not in that 90% of people, then we refer you because I'm like, why are you the 10% outlier? But you've only been trying for three months. So make sure that you're having sex starting the day your cycle goes off that day. And then every other day after that for a week to make sure that you are capturing that fertility window and that the sperm is going to be able to fertilize an egg that's been released um, in the next three months. Like just try to time your sexual intercourse um, that whole week. And, and, you know, have fun with it. Like y'all 26 and 30, y'all plenty of energy. This should be fun. Just try to relax. But, uh, but to your, to your answer, 80% of people get pregnant within six months. All right. Medical intern, do we have any other email questions or cases? Yes. This one says Dr. Plenty. I was referred to an REI doctor 
because my husband and I have been trying to conceive for two years and still have not been able to get pregnant. All of my labs have been normal. The REI doc mentioned doing a semen analysis, but my husband adamantly objects, stating that he doesn't see why. For if he has an issue, we would not use donor sperm. He doesn't see the need to have a semen analysis. In your opinion, besides knowing if we need to use a sperm donor, would there be any benefit to getting a semen analysis? A lot of men are like that. They just don't want their semen tested. They're like, nothing's wrong with me. But 50% of infertility is female factor infertility, meaning fibroids decrease ovarian count or egg count. Um, They can have issues with the fallopian tubes or the tubes being too dilated or scarring around the tubes. But also 50% of infertility is male factor infertility. We really need to know who exactly is, I don't want to say who the reason is, but we need to know what's going on with both of you guys, right? And if we know that it's a male factor thing, like me, you have a lot of sperm, but the sperm aren't swimming in a linear fashion. They're swimming in a circle, meaning they won't ever go be able to go um, into the fallopian tube or they may have a harder time doing so. Or the number, the actual count is lower. We need to know that because then you can not waste as much time there and do something like do IUI or intrauterine insemination or even IVF, meaning put the sperm directly at the egg and still use dad's semen. So there's still a possibility that you can use dad's sperm and get an IUI and not need IVF or do IVF and not need donor sperm. So having an issue with, with, uh, with your sperm count or the characteristics of your sperm doesn't necessarily mean you need a sperm donor all the time. Okay. You could have some other options. You can need IUI or IVF. So you can qualify for some of these other, um, other types of uh, interventions to help you get pregnant and have a biological child of you and your husband's. Sometimes it can mean that you need a sperm donor. If his sperm count is very, very low, then maybe you do need a sperm donor. And if that's not an option for you, then that's just not an option. But at least you know um, what's going on. So I would encourage your husband to get the semen analysis just to see if, you know, if if he has an issue with his actual count or our characteristics. And if he does, to talk to a reproductive endocrinologist and infertility specialist, which is what you're doing, about the possibility of intrauterine insemination with his sperm or IVF with his sperm, if that is, uh, if his sperm is an issue. All right, medical intern, do we have any more email questions or cases? And she's shaking her head no. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope that you've learned a little bit more about fertility and ways to increase your chances of pregnancy. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to share me with your friends, rate and comment. If you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, Let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at Pregnancy Pearls. You can also feel free to check out the website, which is www.drnicoleplenty.com for free pregnancy downloadables. And for goodness sakes, you guys, catch up on all four seasons of the podcast. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate 
and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a mean old lion media production.